Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another SLG Meetup. Today, I'm extremely excited because we're going to talk about architecture, which is one of my favorite topics when it comes to real estate. And for that, we're not going to just have anybody in particular. We're going to have the architect of the year named by the Interior Design Magazine. Dan Brun was also in the top 10 of the Rice Firms by Architectural Digest, and with his company, Dan Brun Architecture, he has done some of the most extraordinary projects, not only in Los Angeles, but also internationally. There he is. What's Good happening, Good morning, Dan? afternoon, or whatever time it is where anybody is at. Yeah, well, we are an international brand, so I'm sure that everybody's tuning in today. It's going to see exactly. us from different places. Now, I'm super excited to have you here, Dan, because I was just not aware that you won Architect of the Year by Interior Design Magazine. I mean... What a privilege was, to have you Yeah, and, and it's, uh, thank you for that. I mean, it, it, it's, I, I just put together this whole uh, portfolio this, this year and pulling in all these old accolades and sometimes you actually forget about it after putting it together <laughs> for years, you know? Tell us a little bit how you differentiate yourself and how you became one of the best architects in the area. Um, you know what? It's, it's actually really interesting, Alvaro, and I think it comes down... Um, from my background being in, uh, in Tel Aviv, it's a United Nations World Heritage Site for International Architecture. And I think I, uh, by just having grown up around it all day long, that it just became a natural occurrence to me, you know? And, and then when, uh, when we moved to the States, it was actually really interesting because all of a sudden I was in a, uh, you know, Spanish style home with tiny, mm -hmm. tiny little windows and I was a young kid, and I think even from that point, I realized that, um, you know, how come we don't have natural light in a house? And then, I, you know, I, I thought about, you know, my grandparents' house, my house, my parents' house, and we all had, you know, sliding glass doors, terrazzo floors, open plan, all the modernist ideals uh, were just commonplace. And then in Los Angeles, it was just not the case. So I just took my, you know, my natural existence and... Uh, Translated to my practice. Talking about, obviously, your recent projects, I've seen a different variety of beautiful homes, more in the residential area, of course. So tell me a little bit how you've developed and how you've seen, especially in the last couple of years facing COVID, the transition of how the whole industry has evolved. Um, you know, when, so, yeah, my office does anything from residential, hospitality, retail, commercial, all different kinds of things. But when we embark on a residential project, the first thing I tell my clients is if they're going to draw from inspiration and show us something, show us some of the best resorts that they've been to, you know, let's aspire Ooh. to something like that. So um, for me, it's, it's really important that a house is a sanctuary and your home is a place of rest and a home is where you want to feel, you know, welcomed and at peace. So for us, that's always been the case. And I think, uh, you know, post COVID, it's only been escalated, right? People now uh, had to stay at home for so long. And I think their vision of what a house is, has also changed uh, due to that. Now, let me ask you that when it comes to your projects, right? Like you've been keeping a track record on everything that you've doing, which is what led you to become one of the architects of the year. Now, how do you actually promote yourself? 
you know, it's invitations like this, Alvaro, you know, it's, I usually don't say no. Uh, I take the time to do this. I take the time to share with people because in the end it's stories, it's narrative. You just don't know what leads, uh, you know, to a new project. You don't know what leads to a new collaboration, to a new client, to a new friendship. Uh, I think it's the mentality of always being open and available when I can. I'll, I'll share a story, I guess, about how my office I honestly got started. And it was through uh, a product rep, believe it or not, that used to come into the office where I used to work at. And it was just out of genuine kindness to her. Um, and then years down the line, she had a connection, you know, to the, to the CEO of a, of a company. And she said, hey, I'll turn to Dan. And that's how we got our first client, really. I wanted to ask you, in terms of, obviously, the, the industry evolving and changing, and especially now with what's going on worldwide, how do you prepare yourself for a potential recession or, or changes like this? <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a point in question because, honestly, okay, so when I, I just mentioned that client, right, and that, mm -hmm. that was a commercial project, and I was so excited. I said, oh, my God, you know, DBA is opening the doors. And it was around 2006, and we're doing this amazing commercial project. And then 2008 rolled along, recession, boom. And uh, if, if we weren't so uh, facile at changing and, you know, adapting, uh, and we started to do residences. And that was, again, a chance occurrence. And it was in the high-end sector that, um, that we led at that point. So then I think from, like, 2008... So 2012 or something around there, it was strictly residential in the high-end sector, in the luxury sector. Uh, we did a bunch of beach homes. And honestly, at that point, let's say that there does come a recession, it's a great moment in time to actually find better quality craftspeople. They're less busy. People will dedicate a lot more of their time to you. Uh, and so let's see, let's see what happens. But I, I know that during the last time, we were able to uh, work on some incredible residential projects. Well, my question to you, if you had to start over again, what would you have done differently? I don't think I have an answer uh, because you just don't <laughs> know. Because, you know, honestly, Alvaro, everything pivots. Every decision you make, something else happens because of it. I don't think I have one key moment where I, you know, where, oh, I would have changed that and my whole career trajectory would have been different. Um, maybe an outlook. Um, on it, you know, I think when you're a, a student and of, of, of architecture and you see so many, um, how do you call it, uh, competitions, right? So people, mm -hmm. people and, then, and then they imagine, if I just win this competition, all of a sudden I'm going to be a rock star. Um, so there's that, oh, there's that notion of thinking that one project, that one client is all of a sudden going to leapfrog me into the next stratosphere. Um, that's not the case. That's, that's the, the typical case of what you should be uh, dedicating yourself to is each project's preciousness, each client's will to be working with you. And uh, as you're doing that slow, slow expansion, slow growth, right? So it's like these steps and these little hurdles. So, you know, I always say it's like it, it, the trajectory isn't a, a diagonal 45 degree line. It's hopefully overall that way, but you'll have up and then a down and then up and then a down. And then hopefully the downs are smaller than ups. Uh, that's, and that's all you can wish for. So I, w I would say, you know, maybe changing an outlook, 
even though you know I never really practiced in uh, competitions, I've always been the one about uh, what I call like paper architecture isn't the thing for me. It's about built architecture, which I think is really important. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think one of the best lessons I learned over the years was a client that really taught me a sense of responsibility and taking ownership of something. So instead of saying, uh, it, it, I guess I said, what the best practice would be, sorry, would be to say, my responsibility, I'll take care of it, I'll correct it. Let's just say that and move on and you're on to the next thing instead of just trying to say, well, what happened was that the contractor saw this and then this person saw that. Nobody wants a story. Exactly. All they want to hear is they reach out to you they say, architect, why did this happen? How are we going to fix it? What are you going to do? And just, mm -hmm. just take ownership of it. That's super important. It'd be done with the story. Firstly, I wanted to touch base on just a word in particular that we always refer so much, the word luxury. I mean, it has this, so many different meanings, but what is it really for you? Time. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate luxury. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, luxury to me is also simplicity. So a lot of people, when they, they think about maybe luxury and let's, let's, because we are talking about design and architecture and maybe residential design, you know, they'll think about uh, materials. And so think about luxury materials. Oh, I need, must have this incredible marble from Spain, from Italy and Greece, you know, uh, I must have blah, blah, blah. I, I say no to that. Those things are nice and they add a layer of some warmth, something. But the real luxury would be time spent in a beautiful space. And a beautiful space has to be serene. And that means that it, it works without the materials. So for us, it's about the light quality. So if you could design a space that has great light quality throughout the day and seeing how it evolves, I always say the best friend is the sun. You know, it rises on the east, sets on the west. We know that. We can play with that. So that to me in terms of spatial design is super, super important. So to create the sublime. And when you take away the materials, it should still function that way. The materials maybe add to it, but that's about it. If you could envision yourself in 10 years, where do you see yourself? Oh man. Uh, okay, so one of the most exciting things is in, in, in professionally in the office right now is we're starting on civic work. So we have a couple of projects on the civic sector. Uh, and that to me is a huge gain. I love that because uh, you're able to affect more people all in bigger groups. So residential design is, is wonderful because you're, you're dealing with a family, let's say, on a smaller scale. What is amazing, though, is that we work one to another and we learn from different things. So as I said, we, need, we, we do hospitality. We learn from there and put it into residential back and forth. So I hope, you know, Alvaro, in 10 years we talk, we, uh, we could sit at the beach in Miami or Tel Aviv or something like that and relax and think back of it this day. And uh, I hope that we'll be able to touch more people in a positive manner. Um, I, uh, I'm very much into sustainability and I hope our world will be a much nicer place sustainability-wise and taking care of materials and thinking about construction in that sense. And I hope that I'll be able to be a leader uh, to, to back it up and we'll be able to discuss the projects that we were able to build sustainably and, and to think back on what luxury and sustainability mean together. How do you get ideas? What's your fountain of inspiration? It's, it's okay, so that's actually the biggest thing that COVID hurts and that was travel. And to me, it's usually through travel. 
And I'll give you a great, a great example. Uh, years ago, I was out in Brazil and uh, I saw this sculpture and it was, you know, you know, maybe about that height. And it was just this turning thing that kind of looked like a DNA strand. Uh, well, years down the line, I was tasked to design uh, something for a different client. And it was about these slabs in different colors. And my mind went back to that little sculpture and I was able to use that and reinterpret that into a living and tactile and mechanic sculpture that is being used in order to show different colors and materials. So for me, it's, I think it's repurposing. Uh, and when you see, you know, let's say a small object become large, a large object become small, uh, a fork can be, you know, when you're eating at a table, who knows what that is, you know, but I, I look at all these things. Uh, one of my biggest strengths professionally is the fact that my brain does not shut off. My eyes <laughs> and senses do not shut off. Uh, it's emotionally draining uh, and personally difficult, but that's why, you know, when people ask me about my glasses and why don't I get laser surgery, for example, I say this is the last thing that I could control, that I could turn off this sense and I could ah. relax in the, in the blindness of it all. Uh, and so... <laughs> That is why I still have glasses and that is why I won't get laser surgery. So yes, it's, it's the, I love taking the mundane and flipping it around into something profound, something that's strong. Uh, so it's that music also is a big deal for me going to, uh, uh, you know, rock concerts, music concerts, you seeing all the laser shows, all these different shows, all these different things that they do with the stage. It's inspiring. So I love taking different things. I have a bunch of friends in, in, you know, in fine arts. So I see them sculpt, I see them paint, I see them create uh, sculptures out of glass, different tectonics. I have uh, friends in uh, industrial design. So it's seeing all the very different scales. And thanks again for everybody tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember, embrace each beautiful success in life. My name is Alvaro, and I'll see you next time.